All right, God bless. All right, can everyone see my screen on today? This is Pastor Derek Fletcher coming to you from Yes and Amen. All right, can you guys see the screen? Yes. Okay. All right, so today, this is a three-part series. Uh, last week, we didn't teach it, so we won behind. So we're going to go through that whole series and because uh, it's good stuff. So today, we're talking about King David. Do you guys know who King David is? Yes. Okay. All right, so we our goal today is to share an overarching understanding of the Old Testament uh, plot and content um, and uh, to understand David's life before he was king of Israel. But also uh, we want to talk about and inspire you students uh, to live a life of integrity even when others around you do not, okay? So boldness, David, discipline, Holy Spirit, integrity, leadership, patience. Okay, uh, Derek, could you open us up with prayer, please? Father God, we thank you on today for keeping us safe. Thank you for keeping us heart, holy, healthy, Father God. Let the children on today who have seen this video be blessed on today. Let them learn a lesson about King David and his past life. Let them be inspired. Let them be empowered by his story of Christ and many more. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen in Jesus' name. All right. So Romans 12 and 19 says, do not take revenge. My dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. All right. Almost sounds like we read this last week. I guess I did, but you guys didn't. So Romans 12 and 19 says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For... It is written, it is my to avenge, to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Again, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Again, one more time, Romans 12 and 19. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. All right, any questions about that? No. 
right. Okay. And we already prayed. So let's take a look at this scripture right here. And so this is 1 Samuel 16, 10 through 13. Okay. Okay, so we, oh, let's go right here. Let's hold that. And so if you want to look at the group activity. And we'll pause it for a minute. All right, let's go into the lesson. Let's go into it. Okay. Um, all right. So, Jared, go ahead and read that. First Samuel 16, 10 through 13. All right, then. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, okay. Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep, Samuel said. Send for him. We'll not sit. Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him. So he sent for him and had him brought in and had him brought in. He was glowing <laughs> with health and had fine and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. Brother, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And, for, and from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Rahab. Okay. Ram. Ah, Rama. Okay. So why do you think uh, Jesse presents his first seven sons without mentioning David? Because he's the and, youngest? Okay. So I'm, I'm going to step away really quick. So Derek, you take question one. Yanni, you take question two. And then Derek, you were at take question three. So I'm just going to step away real quick for a minute. Okay, you guys got me? Yes. All right, keep in mind, we're still recording. And so uh, others will see and hear it. So you guys go ahead. I just got to step away real quick. Okay, let's see here. Why do you think Jesse presents his first seven sons without <clears throat> without mentioning Dave? Well, my theory on that is is because he's probably the youngest one, and Jesse probably thinks, yeah, we wouldn't necessarily um, include David into it because you know he's still young; he has a lot of growth growth to do, and. His, his father probably thinks, you know, he's not really that strong. And he only, and his job right now is just to attend to the sheep. And uh, that's all. So, 
How does the scripture describe David, Yanni? It says that he's full of um, health. Yes. Is there anything else you want to include? There was something else, I'm pretty sure. I think he, they said he was full of youth and health. Yes, and they also they also described how we had handsome features. Uh, what happens when Samuel anoints David? Well, what happens is uh, the, basically the Holy Spirit will stay with him. It will help him and it will protect him. So that's basically what's going on right here, right now. So, uh, students, we have answered all the questions. We have talked about everything. Let's uh, wait for the pastor to get back. All right. How's it going? Can you see me? Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. So, yes. you can't? Yes? No? We can hear you. Okay. But you can't see me? Or you can't see me? No, we can see you. Oh, you can't? Okay. So, so why did... Uh, so why do you think Jesse presents the first seven sons without David? What'd you say, Derek? I said mostly because he's the youngest, which means he's referred to probably as the weakest one. Okay. Okay, the oldest were most likely in his mind to be eligible. Okay. So, Yanni, what did you answer for this one? Number two. I said that they said he was full of good health, youth, and also good features. Okay, handsome. Okay, what happened when Saul anoints David? What did you say for that one, Derek? The Holy Spirit is um of uh, uh is basically all around him, and it'll protect him. Okay. All right. Okay, cool. Let's go to the next one. All right. So, so we're going to read these and um, uh, let's see. So this is a lot of reading. So I'll, I'll read first Samuel one through 11 and then 20 through uh, 20 through 58. Um, you guys are going to read a piece. Um, you're going to read uh, like 38 verses, okay? Let me make right, sure right. here. So so 20 minus 58 equals. Okay, so 38. So what's half of 38? 38 divided into 2. Okay, so you're going to read like 19 verses a piece. Okay. When we when we get to uh 1 Samuel twenty through uh 58, okay? All right. So I'll read the first section. It says uh of 1 Samuel 17 1 through 11. Now the Philistines, the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at uh, uh, Sokon 
in Judea. They pitched camp at Ephas Damium, Damium between Shokan and Azekiah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley in the valley of Eli and drew up and Elijah, Elijah, and drew up their battle lines to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another, with the valley between them. And champion named a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He went, his weight was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 uh, shackles. On his legs, he he wore bronze graves and a bronze javelin was slain on his back. His spear shaft was made of of a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 6,000 shekels. <clears throat> His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and why do you come out and line up for battle? And I, am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. And on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. So a shackle, that is about 15 pounds. Okay. Or about okay, okay. So Goliath was what? How tall was he? Nine feet and nine inches. Okay, and so was that his armor? And no, five? that was that was him in general. Okay, his bronze hel helmet. His bronze helmet was how much? One hundred and. 25 pounds. Okay. And then let's look at seven. Okay, his his uh spear shaft, right? And the weaver's rod and its iron point weighed six shackles, which was fifteen pounds. 
Wow. Okay, so let's do this right here. Let's do the math here. Okay. All right, so 20 plus 19. All right, so Derek, you'll, you'll read 20. to 39 let's let's just make sure here let's make sure and then we'll say 39 plus 19 okay all right so so Jared agreed uh Actually, it should be 38 right there. Is that right? Okay, so somebody's going to probably read like an extra verse. So let's see. Let's do this. All right, I got it. I know what to do now. Thirty-nine. See, 38. Oh, what about 40? Put 40 in. It doesn't matter. It does matter. It doesn't matter. Does it matter? Okay, so, so this is how we're going to divide it up. Yeah. All right, so Derek, you're going to read verses 20. To 38. All right. So you're going to read 20 to 38, Derek. And then Yanni, you'll read 39 to what? 58. All right. Any questions? No. Okay. No. Okay, so it's first Samuel eighteen. No. Sorry about that. First Samuel seventeen. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions. Scouting the war cry, Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines. Facing each other, facing each other, David left his things with the keeper of supply. Okay, go ahead, sir. Run to ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how were they how they were as he was talking with them goliath the philistine champion from from gath yeah. stepped out from his line and shouted his usual def defense defiance defiance and David heard it. 
Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had become had been saying, "Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him." He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. Okay, let's just see. All right, there we go. David asked the man standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this great, this excuse me, this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him this is what the this is what will be done for the man who kills him. When uh, when Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the man, he burned with anger and at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I I know how conceit you are and how wicked and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done? said David. Can't I even speak? He then turned away to someone else. And brought up the same matter, and the man and the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart and account of this Philistine. Your servant will go on and will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came a came and carried off a sheep from the flock. I went after it, struck it, and rescued it. The sheep from... and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has both has killed both the lion and the bear. 
This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go and the Lord, go and the Lord be with you. Okay, read 38, and then Yanni will pick up at 39. Then Saul dressed, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. Okay, Yanni. David, David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took off his staff in his hand. Whoever five smooth stones chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield barrier in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome. And he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by, this, by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give you flesh to the birds, the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defeated, defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and, I, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that, that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. 
As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell down, face down, fell face down on the ground. So David triumphant over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he strung down Brought the Philistine down. and killed him. He struck down. Okay. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath after he killed him. He cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistine to the entrance of Gath and the gates of Akron. Their dead were were strewn along the Sharion road to Gath and Ekron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. David took the Philistines' head and brought it to the brought it to Jerusalem. He put the Philistines' weapons in his own tent. As Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Ebner, commander of the army, Ebner, whose son is that young man? Ebner replied, as surely as you live, your master, majesty. your maj majesty, I don't know. The king said, Find out whose son this young man is. As soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Ebner took him and brought him before Saul, with David still holding the Philistine's head. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I am the son of the servant Jesse and Bella him. Jesse of Bella, Bethlehem. Beth Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Okay. So we see here, uh, summary, a series of things. Uh, first, David was anointed as king. And then we see that there's a battle out on the uh, rangeland uh, between the, the Hebrew people the Israel, nation of Israel, <laughs> and the Philistines. And we see they send their champion, who's nine feet, nine inches, and no one really wants to fight him. But David went and says, hey, I got him. I'm going to fight him. All right? So let's take a look Uh
Let's take a look a little bit further. Okay. Let's dig in, dig into the uh, the questions. You guys go ahead and take the questions. I'm going to step away real quick, okay? Okay, uh, let's see here. In your opinion, what is Goliath's most impressive statistic? Well, uh, in my in my opinion, I believe his height is impressive, but that's uh, usually it for me. Uh, so, uh, Yanni. Who uh, who does Goliath manage to terrify? He terrifies the whole army. Yes, he terrifies the whole Israelite army. Now, let's see. According to verse 26, why does Goliath offend David? Probably because of his size and because he's also a child. Mostly because Goliath wouldn't, you know, expect a child to defeat him in battle. So. What about five, Yanni? What about five? So, uh, what is, what is promised to whoever kills Goliath? Whoever kills Goliath? gets tax-free. They get his daughter. So hand and in marriage. they get a big sum of money. Yes, okay. Okay. David's brothers respond neg negatively to him. What does he say, and why do you think he feels this way? Um, I actually forgot what he said. Do you know what he said, Yanni? For question number, uh, was it seven? No, six. All right, how's it going, guys? Oh, we're just figuring out what David's brother said negative to him. All right, so David's brother, which which question is it? Number six. Number six. Okay, he he said something sarcastic to him, and let's see, let's take a look. So he was angry, right? So he's burned with anger, and what did he say? He said, uh, "He said I know." How conceited you are. Perhaps he is still angry 
about being passed over as king. We can't be sure. Right? So he he um, uh, hated on David. All right, so go to the next one. Who has the next one? I do. Okay. All right, read it and answer the question. David takes on Goliath and kills him. Is there anything about the story of David and Goliath that surprised you? I wasn't really surprised because I've already heard it before, but if I had never heard it before, I would have been surprised that um someone so um little could kill a nine nine foot nine inches person who had a sword, a spear, all the armor, and stuff like that. Okay, okay. So David takes on Goliath and kills him. All right, so, okay, next. Who's next? I guess it's me. Let's all ask David who he is. How does he respond? Hmm. I actually forgot that one. He said, I am I am the son of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem. Woo, huh. woo. Woo. Right? Yes. All right. So what does this say about David's loyalty? Oh, go ahead, Yanni. It says that David's really loyal to God. Okay. okay. So he's dedicated to serve the, the king. Uh, okay, cool. So we learn, we learn uh, that the next chapter, that Saul does not permit David to return to his family. Instead, he begins to work for Saul, right? What happens between... First Samuel 18 and Saul's death is a game of political cat and mouse, right? Uh, between Saul and David. Saul's distrust of David grows despite David never once taking an opportunity to harm him, right? In fact, even in Saul's death, David is respectful towards his predecessor on the throne of Israel. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So let's see how much more, a little bit more. So I'll, I'll read this and then you guys can chop up that one right there. So First uh, Samuel 31, 1 through 6, it says, okay, Saul takes his life. And so in this case, 
they're they're in a heated battle. They're in a heated battle against uh, their enemies, and they're surrounded. Okay, and here let's read it. First uh, Samuel thirty-one one through six says, "Now the Philistines fought against Israel. The Israelites fled." before him and many fell dead in Mount Gilboa. The Philistines were in hot pursuit of Saul and his sons and they killed his sons Jonathan, Abinadab and Melech Shua. Melech Shua. The fighting grew fierce around Saul and when the archers overtook him they wounded him critically Saul said to his armor bearer draw your sword and run me through are these uncircumcised fellows will come and run me through and abuse me but his armor bearer was terrified and could not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When the armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he I remember he fell on his sword too. Okay, he fell on his sword. So Saul and his three sons and the armor bearer and all the men died together this that same day <clears throat> okay so what happened to Saul and his sons during the battle what happened they died they died okay They were killed and Saul was wounded badly. So what does Saul ask his armor bearer to do, Derek? We can't hear you. I believe it was, I believe he was asking him to sit on his sword. So Saul asks his, his armor bearer to run him through with the sword, right? He yeah. asks him to kill him. Uh, you're, I mean, you're correct with what you said. So, all right. So does the armor bearer do what Saul asks? Why or why not? No. No. Because he, he didn't remember. do it because what? He was, a, he was afraid, wasn't he? Yes. Okay. So what does Saul do next? He kills himself. Okay. He falls on his own sword. He kills himself. Okay, Yanni. What does the armor bearer do once he saw that Saul was dead? He fell on his sword too. He fell on his sword too. Okay, now uh, we are going 
to take a look at Second Samuel verse uh, chapter one verses one through uh, one through sixteen, and so Derek, you'll do one through seven, and then Yanni, you'll do eight through sixteen. All right, any questions? Okay, let's start reading then. No questions. After the death of Saul, David returned from striking down the Amalekites and stayed and stayed in Zik and in Zilag. Ziklag. 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 Two days in Ziklag, two days. On the third day, a man arrived from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and dust on his head. Yikes. When he came to David, he fell to the ground to pay him honor. Where have you come from? David asked him. He answered, I have escaped from the Israelite camp. What happened? David asked. Tell me. The, tell me. The men fled from the battle. He replied. Many of them fell and died, and Saul and his sons and his son Jonathan are dead. Then David said to the young man who brought him to who brought the him the report. How do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? I happen to be on, be on Mount Gil, Gilboa, the young man said, and there was and there was Saul leaning on his spear with the chariots and his drivers in hot pursuit. When he turned around and saw me, he called out to me, and I said, what can I do? All right, Yanni. All right, you're muted. Oh, sorry. Hold on, hold on. There we go. Did you say eight or 18? Eight, eight to sixteen. Oh, I thought you said eighteen or something. Eight to sixteen, number eight. Oh, Joe. He asked me, "Who are you?" And Amalekite. I answered. Then he asked to you to me, <clears throat> "Stand here by me and kill me." I'm in the throes of death, but I'm still alive. So I stood beside him and killed him because I knew that after he had fallen, he could not survive. And I took the crown that was on his head and the band on his arm and have brought them here to my Lord. Then David and all the men with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. They mourned and wept and fasted 
till evening for Saul and his son, Jonathan. And for the army of the Lord and for the nations of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. David said to the young man who brought him the report, Where are you from? I am the son of the, a foreigner, an Amalekite, he answered. David asked him, Why aren't you afraid to lift your hand to destroy the Lord anointed? Then David called one of his men and said, Go strike him down. So he struck him down, and he died. For David had said to him, Your blood be on your own head. Your own mouth testified against you when you said, I killed the Lord, the Lord's anointed. Okay. All right. So, first things first, this guy did not tell the truth. He lied. And as a result, he was put to death, right? All right. So what is David's response when he hears of Saul's death? Is he happy or sad? Sad. He's sad. Okay. So what does David do? Uh, to the man who falsely claims uh, to have killed Saul. What does he do? He kills, he puts him to death. Puts him to death. Saul tries to murder David on at least 11 occasions. Why do you think David has the man who claimed to have killed Saul executed instead of honoring him. Let's look at this right here. Okay, those are the different accounts where Saul tried to kill David. So why do you think he put, he, he put this guy to death instead of celebrating him? What do you think? That's kind of strange and unusual, isn't it? Do you think so? Yes. On some occasion. Okay. On some occasion. Why do you think so? Well, <laughs> celebrating someone's death because they're just, uh, well, it comes from different people's perspective on whether they're, you know, sense sensible reasonable in my opinion i'd okay. say david is a reasonable guy i'm pretty sure he would have tried to you know try to make peace with uh, saw okay instead of him being put to death okay but he kills this guy why do you think he kills him Instead of saying, whoa, Saul is dead, give him a bone. I mean, give him gold and silver. So why do you think he has this guy killed? Hmm. 
Not sure. Let's let's dig in and find out why he has him killed. Let's take a look. So David has what? What does that say? Okay, read that, Derek. What does it say? David had David has respect for the office of king. Ah, uh, he respects God's anointed choice. Okay, so he respects God's anointed choice. And the guy who said he killed him was not a true believer, okay? He, he was not an armor bearer, and he wasn't a designated person that would kill the king, okay? You got it? Any questions about that? No. All right. So... All right, let's see here. So what's crazy about all of this is that David has already been anointed, right? He had already been anointed as king years ago. Yet, not only does he not take advantage of his position to harm Saul, but also when Saul is injured, David punishes the person who claims to have harmed him. This says something about his character. David is loyal and God-fearing, okay? Got it. So his commitment to God extended. It wasn't necessarily about Saul, but it was about the position and the anointing that the king's position represented, okay? All right. Got it. Do you consider yourself a courageous person? Yanni? At times. Oh, and Derek, okay. At times, okay, Yanni. Do you consider yourself a courageous person, Yanni? Yes. You do? Okay, yes. explain it. All right, you guys got to give me some more meat on that. I need, I need more meat. Well, when it comes to uh, certain people okay. to walk down this, um, somewhere by themselves okay, and they need someone to protect them and looking out everywhere, that's usually where I come in. Basically, okay. basically supporting, being a supportive big brother. Okay. So what's something silly you're afraid of? What do you, share, share that, please. I'm afraid of heights. Oh, uh, okay. But that isn't necessarily silly. 
because a lot of people are afraid of heights. Okay. Yanni, your turn. I don't know. Hmm. Okay, what is something you're afraid of? That's silly. You're, you're afraid of what? Spiders? Lions, <laughs> tigers, and bears? Oh, my. No. Anything? Maybe anything? snakes. Okay, snakes. Maybe snakes. Okay. okay. When it comes to living faithfully, taking risks, or doing the right thing, what are you afraid of? Okay, so here, what they're talking about is if you're a believer, right? So being mocked, misunderstood, making the wrong choice, Sticking out and being noticed. So what do you think about those things? So as a believer, do you stick out? And are you noticed? What do you think? You guys are quiet. That's probably because I'm muted. So what was the question again? As a believer, do you stick out? And uh, are you noticed? Okay. Yes. I am noticed. You are? Yes. Okay. Does that fear you? As a believer, do you have fear in your heart or is it okay? It's okay to be noticed by other people. Okay, as a believer. Yes. Okay. Okay, David stood up to the giant when everyone else ran away. Can you name a current giant issue or cause that needs confronting that everyone seems to avoid? Spider webs. Okay, spiderwebs. Yanni? Maybe like um, they put something off, like they say they're gonna like clean their um, gutters or something like that, and then they put it off. Okay. All right. Any other any other things? Not that I can think of. Okay, and so in the context of this question, uh, a giant, a giant, a, a current giant issue could be a bully at school, right? Yes. Okay. Or it could be, I don't want to do my homework. Or it could be, I'm doing my homework to the best of my ability. <clears throat> But I'm still not making a grade. And so, but I need help. But I won't say anything. I, I got to work it out on my own, right? But I need help. It could be, hey, I want to get that midnight snack at night. 
but when I come back up, I leave the lights on uh, because I'm afraid, right? And I don't want to turn the lights off, right? So those are those are all things that. So that's all things that you have to take a look at and kind of observe. Any questions about that? A, a current giant issue or a cause that needs to be confronting? Okay. So David went into battle primarily armed with God's strength, right? He didn't have a helmet. He didn't have a, a javelin, a spear, or a sword. He didn't have uh, uh, armor to protect him, right? And so do you have the same power behind you? What do you think? Yeah. Guess what? You have the same I think power. I have the same power as David to protect me. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Derek? I believe so. You believe so? You just, uh, let's, let's, let me think. Um, I guess you could say you could just have some faith. Okay. You could have some faith. Keep your head up high. Keep your head up high. high. Okay. All right. Let's move forward here. Let's take a look. So we could learn a lot by observing David's courage. Secondly, David was full of integrity, even when people around him were not. Okay. All right. So here um, we'll have... Derek, you're going to read 1 through 6, and then Yanni, you'll read 7 through 13 in this one. And 1 Samuel 24, 1 through 13. All right, go. After Saul re returned from pursuing the Philistines, he uh -huh. was told, David is in the desert of En, en Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 able young men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the, of the wild goats. Excuse me. He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there, and Saul sent went in the in to re, relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, "This is the the day the Lord spoke of 
when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up, crept, crept up unnoticed and cut off the corners of Saul's robe. Afterward, David has consi- was conscience-stricken for conscious, having... Conscious. Conscious-stricken. Conscious-stricken? Yeah. For having cut off a corner of his robe. Okay, he six said, awesome. He said to his men... The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointment anointed oh. Okay. The Lord's anointed or lay my hands on him. For he is the anointed of the Lord. Sorry, my oh. screen just moved a lot. Did it? Okay. I don't know why. Um, for he is anointed of the Lord. Um. Okay. Okay, Yanni. You'll go seven through thirteen. With these words. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not attack, allow them to attack Saul. And Saul <clears throat> left the cave and went his way. Then David went out of the cave and called out to call out to Saul, My Lord the king. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated prostrated himself with his face to the ground. So he laid out on the ground with his face to the ground and the whole front of his body on the ground. Okay. He said to Saul, why do you listen when men say David is bent on harming you, this day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord delivered you into my hands in the cave. <clears throat> Some argued me to kill you. Said again, some argued for me to kill you. Where are you at? Oh, I see. See that. All right, are we back? Yes. Okay, I don't know what happened. It just like went away. Yeah. Hey. I All right, I'm going to share my screen and we'll just pick up uh, where we start that. I don't know what happened. It just like went, went squirrely. Yeah. Mine didn't, but you two left the meeting. <laughs> 
We did. Did you finish reading it? No, because you left so I couldn't see. Oh, okay. I don't know what happened. Okay, one second here. Okay. All right, we're back now. We don't know what happened. And so we thank God for it today. And we'll, we'll just keep going. Hold on. All right. Okay, so finish reading, got it? Okay. See my father. Look at the piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off. I cut off the corner of your robe, but did not kill you. See that there is nothing in my hand to indicate that I am guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you, but you are hunting me down to take my life. May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me, but my hand will not touch you. As the old saying goes, from evil doers comes evil deeds, so my hand will not touch you. Okay. Okay, so what is Saul's objective in this text? Hmm. He's basically going to... So his whole thing is what? He want to find David yes. and, and make him king? Nope. Okay. Kill so him. He want, he want to find David and just like kill him, right? Yes. So, so David is so close to Saul that he actually has the opportunity to kill him. So what does David do instead? Yanni? He cuts off a piece of his robe. Okay. So what does he what does he feel after he does this? How does David feel after he does it? Does he feel good? Does he feel bad? You feel guilty. I would no, say praise good. Okay, what were you gonna say, Derek? I was gonna say he he prays to God that um I mean he prays that God will have um mercy. On um, Saul. 
Okay. So he is grief stricken, right? Yes. Okay, he's grief stricken. So if you were in David's shoes, what would you have done? Would you would you would have ran saw through with the sword or what what would you have done? I would have done the same thing that David had done. Okay. You would have done the same thing. What about you, Derek? You would have got him with the sword? Yes. Okay. All right. So how does David speak with Saul in this context? Right? So 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 Saul is trying to kill him. What is David trying to do? He's trying to stay away from him, right? He don't want to kill him, right? Correct. Okay. Right? I don't want to harm you. So how you, you may know people in your life who do not act with integrity, how do you relate to them? How do you relate to them? Do you act like Saul or do you tell everybody? Um, that they know good. Huh? Hmm. So we are often distant toward or cruel to those who are cruel to us and others, right? Correct. Okay. So we don't make friends with them and just say, so it's not wrong to recognize immortality in others around you, right? Uh, but it is wrong to match their lack of integrity by lashing out with your own immoral behavior, right? Right. So instead, you should fight this instinct and govern yourself with integrity. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Help me. Help me. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Okay, do you think uh, our society believes uh, that uh, this is, or do you think we approve of lashing out against people who are doing wrong because they seem deserving. Provide examples. Okay, let's talk about brother and sister relationship. Okay, so so you think is you think God is happy when you when your brother or your sister 
uh, mistreat you and then you lash out at them? Or do you try to make amends and forgive them and keep going? I forgive them. You do? You, yes. you don't lash out at your brother or your sister? Sometimes you I do. You try to point them out their weakness or or get them back? You, you don't try to pay them back? No. You don't? Okay. I, I want you to think about that. So the world says when someone's bothering you, you bother them back or you, you lash out at them, right? But the Bible doesn't say that, does it? It says to be no. at peace, to be at peace with all men and women. Okay. Okay. You, do you got me? Yes. Yanni, you kind of quiet over there. Yanni, you kind of quiet over there. All right. So, why do you think revenge is something many people seek, Yanni? I don't know. Maybe because some people think that, oh, he did this to me, so I'm going to do this to him. Okay. Okay. Do you think the Bible supports us wanting to, to harm those who want to harm us? No. Okay, Yanni, what you think? No. Okay. But you know, in the Old Testament, if you weren't a believer, um, they believed in an eye for an eye. Did you know that? Yes. If you're not if you weren't a part of the nation of Israel and you weren't a believer in God, right? They supported that. Hmm. Okay, that's good. That's good. Let's take a look here. Okay, um, let's go ahead and read this. Romans 12, 19. Do you take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath? For it is written, it is my, it is my to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Romans 12 and 19. Do not take revenge for my dear friends. I said for previously, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge and I will repay, says the Lord. What do you guys think about that? It's kind of quiet over there. Okay, guys. What's up? Hmm. <laughs> All right. It is wrong to take out revenge against another person. Yes. As a believer, you must allow that God will take revenge on your behalf. Yes. But okay. 
Um, but what? But what? But what? In this day and age, um, people take revenge in many different types of ways. Some are more forgivable. Some aren't for those who can't really, you know, see the light. Okay. But it says it's wrong to take out revenge, period. Let God take the revenge. Exactly. That's so when people want to take revenge, okay. they don't see the bright side of God in their eyes. All they see is all they see is um pain and regret and suffering in their eyes. And what and they just wanna um make the most hardest pain of that person's life come to ruin. So do you think that's right? No. We take revenge. So why do we take revenge? If it's wrong. So say we need more God in our lives. Right? We we need more God in our life. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. So it doesn't seem like you should be concerned with acting out against those who do wrong, right? Right. So David certainly didn't. The bottom line is because David was king, he did things the correct way. Sometimes we expect quick success and rises to fame and achievement without work. But God has a way of us getting to that place and there's work involved. But that work that is involved is to make us more mature. And so when we get there, we're less apt to backslide or fall away. And so David waited approximately, say 15 years. Say David waited 15 years between the time he was anointed to become king until he was actually crowned to be king, okay? Say 15 okay. years. I can't hear you guys. 15 years. All yeah. right, we're going to keep it moving. Okay, so even then, he did not preside over the United Nations We'll cover that in the next week's lesson. Okay. He waits even longer on that to become king of both uh, Israel and uh, Judah, Judea. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time. We thank you for the word. We thank you, Father, that we are covered and that we are learning so much from your word. And so cover us, guide us, and protect us in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So let's see. All right. This is Pastor. Amen. 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 This is Pastor Derek Fletcher signing out and says, hey, God bless you. We thank God for you and have an awesome day and let this word soak into your spirit. In the name of Jesus, Derek Fletcher with.
Yes and Amen with Derek Fletcher and Yanni Fletcher. Yes and Amen, you church. All right, God bless you. Have a great and awesome day.